Hello and good morning, weekly listeners. We're coming to you from a balmy spring-like campus in our usual space at the Logan Media Center. Now, before we begin, I have a special announcement. As you probably know, this is the 97th episode of The Weekly. And in light of our upcoming 100th episode, we want to hear from you, our listeners. Who are you? Why do you tune in? And what do you want to see? Whatever your story is, we want to share it. I'll link a submission form in this episode's descriptions for your stories. And with that, let's get started. As always, I'm Greg. I'm Carter. I'm Prabhan. And I'm Jake. All right. How was everyone's week? Honestly, it's, it's pretty pretty good. It was a little cold towards the end, but I'm glad this weekend warmed up. There seems to be a cold front hitting the Northeast at the moment. Yep. It seems pretty brutal. All of her, the people from my family who's there, um, for my friends who are in college there, we're, we're lucky to have avoided cold on that magnitude for now. I'm sure we'll get our own treatment later. But yeah, yes, uh, I, I've been, I've been hearing stories from my friends about not going outside for several days at a time because it was so cold and, uh, and, you know, I told them it was. You know, 40 degrees yesterday, they were they're very surprised that Chicago could be warmer than wherever they were. Um, and like you said, Jake, one day we'll have our, di- we'll have our, our time in the cold. Though. So we, we will be complaining then. Yeah, I mean, it's only, let's see, it's 42 degrees. Okay, that's pretty warm. I was going to say that last week has desensitized me to, like, winter weather. So I, I walk outside and I'm like, I don't even need a jacket. But it is pretty warm. Um, anyways, let's get started with news. So we'll start with me and a story on our new provost. So last week, President Olivi Santos announced that Catherine Baker, Dean of the Harris School of Public Policy, will serve as UChicago's next provost. And she will succeed Kai Yi-Si Lee, who is transitioning into the newly created role of Executive Vice President for Strategic Initiatives. The move will be made official on March 20th. Baker is the Emmett Dedman professor at the Harris School and has served as the school's dean since 2017. Her current research centers around the distribution and healthcare quality effects of public and private health insurance reform. And she is also part of a program researching the effects of expanding health insurance coverage. She received her bachelor's degree in economics from Yale in 1993 and her PhD in economics from Harvard in 1998, after which she accepted a position to teach economics at Dartmouth. And after leaving Dartmouth for UCLA in 2005, she was appointed by then-President George W. Bush and confirmed by the Senate to serve as a senior economist in his Council of Economic Advisors. She is currently an elected member of the National Academy of Medicine and the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, and she has previously been a member of the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission, the Mayo Clinic Board of Trustees, and the Congressional Budget Office's Panel of Health Advisors. The full story is up on the Marines website and was first reported by Austin Ziklis. Well, it sounds like STEM has really taken over the yeah. university faculty. It's very, very interesting to see that uh, you know we have a lot of a lot of individuals who are who are working in, in science and technology, um, which is I think a very unusual trend, given that it seems that most university official affiliates are uh, they tend to be in the humanities. It feels like it would be a more natural transition um, when you're joining university administration. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know what the provost does? No. No, I, I, I don't <laughs> say I do. Because there's a lot of, I mean, we got a lot of emails from them. Um, and it seems like a pretty significant role. But I, I do wonder what the day-to-day of a provost is at the University of Chicago. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. What is the day-to-day of Dean Boyer? Oh, so they're biking. Biking. Selfies. 
<laughs> I'm sure. He can't do Kubi all the time. <laughs> I'm sure he he gets ever he walks on campus, he's probably getting you know a couple couple selfies at least. I'm looking up what a provost does, and it says typically they develop policies with the president, manage budgets, and make faculty and tenure decisions. Which, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's an it's important work for sure. High level, certainly. It's but, yeah. Yeah, very high level. I guess <laughs> us us students can't understand. Yeah. I'd say the administration seems very enigmatic to me. Would you say that's always been the case? For me, I mean, I, I would, I would say that I haven't looked in too much to the Fair administration, enough. but I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like they're really explaining what they do; they just do it, um, which I suppose is what it should be. As the, as the resident upperclassman, what was the impression of um, Bob Zimmer, who was gone by the time us three second years mm -hmm. arrived? You know, it's hard for me to really remember. Um, yeah, before COVID, everything seems it just seems so long ago. I mean, he certainly the the focus of students is, is usually on Dean Boyer or others who are more directly involved with undergraduate affairs. University president is is more of a of removed idea. Um, so I wouldn't say there was any overwhelming public sentiment from the students. Okay, with that. Speaking of turnovers, we also have a new VP of civic engagement, which Carter will tell us about. Yes, the University of Chicago has announced that Christian Mitchell, currently the Deputy Governor for Public Safety, Energy, and Infrastructure under Governor J.B. Pritzker, will take over as Vice President for Civic Engagement starting April 1st. The office, which has been filled by Interim Vice President for Civic Engagement and External Affairs Joel Hammernick since August 21st of last year, is responsible for fostering deep partnerships with the South Side and with the university's many Chicago-based stakeholders. Mitchell is a UChicago alum, having received his bachelor's degree with honors in public policy in 2008. He has since spent six years as a state representative for Illinois' 26th district before becoming J.B. Pritzker's deputy governor for legislative affairs. In a statement, Mitchell said that he is thrilled to return to the University of Chicago and work with the faculty, students, and staff to ensure that the university is a welcoming and inclusive partner on the South Side. We wish Mitchell the best as he starts his new role. And for more information, please see the website of the Office of Civic Engagement or the article reporting on it in the Hyde Park Herald. And so what does the VP of Civic Engagement do? Good question. That role is responsible for ensuring that the university is keeping uh, the community around it in mind and developing partnerships with it. There, of course, have been many concerns over the years that the university does not adequately consider the community that it, is, you know, that it lives in. Um, and that it, it harms them unduly. And the Office of Civic Engagement aims to help reverse some of that harm, to incorporate the community into its decisions, um, specifically with regard to anything that would, would impact them when they're building new buildings or yes. bringing in new, um, you know, new, new jobs that they're, they're involving the local community in those decisions. Yeah, and I believe the university has agreed to some boundaries that they won't go past in terms of like gentrification. Um, but I do wonder how some of that is going to shift as the Obama Presidential Center is developed over in Jackson Park. I feel like the university has to have some sort of tangible presence over there. Um, I wonder how that'll affect the area between 
core like campus and Jackson Park. Right, I know that's been a concern for, for multiple years now. I went on a run just yesterday through the um, the island on in Jackson Park. Phoenix Island. Phoenix yeah, Park, the, the Garden of the Phoenix is there. I don't, I don't know what the island's called. Still, still very pretty. Mm. How's the how's the construction looking? The library. I, I don't. I didn't go that far south. Um, mm. yeah. Yay! I went over to the point after running. Oh, wow. on that island. Last uh, last year, I was I was running a lot more frequently, and and I ran by the the construction area. It was. It's a sight to see. There were lots of there's a huge crane there and lots of like caution tape and like fencing and stuff. So as I, I imagine that as we all second years get closer to graduation, we'll we'll see it come up. It's slated to open in twenty twenty five, I believe. So I, I imagine the long term effects of that uh, gender potential gentrification, like you said, may not affect us too much because the center's not finished yet, but course, that's just speculation. Yeah, nicely put. Uh, and next we'll go to you, Pravon, for a story on gun violence. Yes, on January 10th, Illinois Democrats passed the Protect Illinois Communities Act, which bans assault weapons and specifically guns that are easier to fire rapidly. The bill became a very important point for lawmakers in the wake of the Highland Park shooting on the 4th of July last year, which was carried out with one such gun, an AR-15. The law also bans switches, which are devices that can be attached to non-rapid-fire guns to make them shoot faster. Though both the guns themselves and the switches have been banned in Chicago already for some time, the law would make it harder for Cook County residents to access them, because many of these list guns that are found in Chicago can be traced back to the neighboring Illinois suburbs. The bill does face additional hurdles in that many guns are purchased in neighboring states like Indiana, Wisconsin, or Minnesota, which have fewer restrictions on these things and also the unwillingness of sheriffs in some counties in Illinois to enforce the law, which they believe is, is unconstitutional. This article is in the Southside Weekly and was written by Jacqueline Serrato and Adam Schibble. Yeah, gun violence is certainly an issue. Tackling it is incredibly difficult, especially because, as you mentioned, there are so many states nearby and, and the Illinois legislature can't control them. All right, and with that, Jake will close this off with a story on promontory porn. The city of Chicago has committed $5 million to plan and design reinforcements to our promontory point with the goal of preserving the point's limestone steps and quote-unquote historic nature. The city is working in conjunction with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the Chicago Park District on this project, which has been in development in some form since 2007. It can be considered one part of a larger effort to reinforce the shoreline from the northern suburb of Wilmette all the way down to the Indiana border. That shoreline project has been ongoing since it was first funded by Congress back in 1996. But there has been an increased emphasis on shoreline reinforcement in recent years because of the ongoing threat of climate change. As the lake levels have risen, the existing shoreline erodes. And as severe storms have become more and more commonplace, lakefront communities have had to deal with the consequences of flooding. These projects would strive to help protect those who live on the coast of Lake Michigan from the flooding and that sort of erosion in the long term. This article was originally reported by Maxwell Evans for Block Club Chicago and can be found on blockclubchicago.org. Yeah, the point's definitely been a matter of intense debate for many years in the community and it does need to be repaired. The question, of course, is how? 
The point is, on the National Register of Historic Places, and uh, just last month took a step towards designation as a Chicago landmark after getting approval from a city commission. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like they'll be taking good care of it in the coming years. I don't know if we'll have to do any, go to any Save the Point rallies anytime soon. That's good to hear. I haven't been, but I've heard rave reviews. You've never been to the point? No. You gotta, you gotta pull up. I do. The, this yeah. sprint, just go, go on a nice walk. I was just there last night uh, at a bonfire. Uh, those are those are great. Uh, yesterday, particularly because the weather was so relatively nice. Um, yeah. But even in the spring and the summer, those fire pits at the point are always in use at past sunset, or even you know during the day. But it's uh, it's a wonderful way to spend an evening, just chilling by the fire and enjoying some s'mores and whatnot. Have you ever jumped into the water, Carter? No. I've seen it done. Yes, I know, I know you have. <laughs> I, yeah, I, so for those of you that don't know, I am from Florida, the Gulf Coast, and the water there is significantly warmer than anything up here. Uh, consequently, I absolutely am not touching Lake Michigan. But I, I know that there are people who, uh, who, who have no such boundaries. All right, and with that, I think that's all we have for today. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to submit your uh, your stories. We'd love to read them. As always, I'm Greg. I'm Carter. I'm Problem. And I'm Jake. And we'll see you next week.